Chapter Eight of Part Four of The Idiot, Parts Three and Four by Fyodor Dostoevsky, translated by Eva M. Martin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. This same morning dawned for the prince, pregnant with no less painful presentiments, which fact his physical state was, of course, quite enough to account for. But he was so indefinably melancholy; his sadness could not attach itself to anything in particular and this tormented him more than anything else of course certain facts stood before him clear and painful but his sadness went beyond all that he could remember or imagine he realized that he was powerless to console himself unaided little by little he began to develop the expectation that this day something important something decisive was to happen to him his attack of yesterday had been a slight one expecting some little heaviness in the head and pain in the limbs he did not feel any particular effects his brain worked all right though his soul was heavy within him he rose late and immediately upon waking remembered all about the previous evening he also remembered though not quite so clearly how half an hour after his fit he had been carried home he soon heard that a messenger from the eponchines had already been to inquire after him at half-past eleven another arrived and this pleased him vera lebedeff was one of the first to come see him and offer her services no sooner did she catch sight of him than she burst into tears but when he tried to soothe her she began to laugh he was quite struck by the girl's deep sympathy for him he seized her hand and kissed it vera flushed crimson oh don't don't she exclaimed in alarm snatching her hand away she went hastily out of the room in a state of strange confusion lebedeff also came to see the prince in a great hurry to get away to the deceased as he called general ivolgin who was alive still but very ill kolya also turned up and begged the prince for pity's sake to tell him all he knew about his father which had been concealed from him till now he said he had found out nearly everything since yesterday the poor boy was in a state of deep affliction with all the sympathy which he could bring into play the prince told kolya the whole story without reserve detailing the facts as clearly as he could the tale struck kolya like a thunderbolt he could not speak he listened silently and cried softly to himself the while the prince perceived that this was an impression which would last for the whole of the boy's life he made haste to explain his view of the matter and pointed out that the old man's approaching death was probably brought on by horror at the thought of his action and that it was not every one who was capable of such a feeling kolya's eyes flashed as he listened gania and varya and pitsen are a worthless lot i shall not quarrel with them but from this moment our feet shall not travel the same road o oh, prince i have felt much that is quite new to me since yesterday it is a lesson for me i shall now consider my mother as entirely my responsibility though she may be safe enough with varia still meat and drink is not everything he jumped up and hurried off remembering suddenly that he was wanted at his father's bedside but before he went out of the room he inquired hastily after the prince's health and receiving the latter's reply added isn't there something else prince i heard yesterday but i have no right to talk about this if you ever want a true friend and servant neither you nor i are so very happy are we come to me 
i won't ask you questions though he ran off and left the prince more dejected than ever everyone seemed to be speaking prophetically hinting at some misfortune or sorrow to come they had all looked at him as though they knew something which he did not know lebedeff had asked questions kolya had hinted and vera had shed tears what was it at last with a sigh of annoyance he said to himself that it was nothing but his own cursed sickly suspicion his face lighted up with joy when at about two o'clock he espied the epanchins coming along to pay him a short visit just for a minute they really had only come for a minute lisabetha prokofievna had announced directly after lunch that they would all take a walk together the information was given in the form of a command without explanation dryly and abruptly all had issued forth in obedience to the mandate that is the girls mamma and prince s lisabetha prokofievna went off in a direction exactly contrary to the usual one and all understood very well what she was driving at but held their peace fearing to irritate the good lady she as though anxious to avoid any conversation walked ahead silent and alone at last adelaida remarked that it was no use racing along at such a pace and that she could not keep up with her mother look here said lisabetha prokofievna turning round suddenly we are passing his house whatever aglaya may think and in spite of anything that may happen he is not a stranger to us besides which he is ill and in misfortune i for one shall call in and see him let anyone follow me who cares to of course every one of them followed her the prince hastened to apologize very properly for yesterday's mishap with the vase and for the scene generally oh that's nothing replied lisabetha i'm not sorry for the vase i'm sorry for you hm so you can see that there was a scene can you well it doesn't matter much for every one must realize now that it is impossible to be hard on you well au revoir i advise you to have a walk and then go to sleep again if you can come in as usual if you feel inclined and be assured once for all whatever happens and whatever may have happened you shall always remain the friend of the family mine at all events i can answer for myself in response to this challenge all the others chimed in and re-echoed mamma's sentiments and so they took their departure but in this hasty and kindly designed visit there was hidden a fund of cruelty which lisabetha prokofievna never dreamed of in the words as usual and again in her added mine at all events there seemed an ominous knell of some evil to come the prince began to think of aglaya she had certainly given him a wonderful smile both at coming and again at leave-taking but had not said a word not even when the others all professed their friendship for him she had looked very intently at him but that was all her face had been paler than usual she looked as though she had slept badly the prince made up his mind that he would make a point of going there as usual to-night and looked feverishly at his watch vera came in three minutes after the epanchins had left left nikolaevitch she said aglaya ivanovna has just given me a message for you the prince trembled is it a note no a verbal message she had hardly time even for that she begs you earnestly not to go out of the house for a single moment all to-day 
until seven o'clock in the evening it may have been nine i didn't quite hear but but why is this what does it mean i don't know at all but she said i was to tell you particularly did she say that not those very words she only just had time to whisper as she went by but by the way she looked at me i knew it was important she looked at me in a way that made my heart stop beating the prince asked a few more questions and though he learned nothing else he became more and more agitated left alone he lay down on the sofa and began to think perhaps he thought someone is to be with them until nine to-night and she is afraid that i may come and make a fool of myself again in public so he spent his time longing for the evening and looking at his watch but the clearing up of the mystery came long before the evening and came in the form of a new and agonizing riddle half an hour after the eponchins had gone hippolyte arrived so tired that almost unconscious he sank into a chair and broke into such a fit of coughing that he could not stop he coughed till the blood came his eyes glittered and two red spots on his cheeks grew brighter and brighter the prince murmured something to him but hippolyte only signed that he must be left alone for a while and sat silent at last he came to himself i am off he said hoarsely and with difficulty shall i see you home asked the prince rising from his seat but suddenly stopping short as he remembered aglaya's prohibition against leaving the house hippolyte laughed i don't mean that i'm going to leave your house he continued still gasping and coughing on the contrary i thought it absolutely necessary to come and see you otherwise i should not have troubled you i am off there you know and this time i believe seriously that i am off it's all over i did not come here for sympathy believe me i lay down this morning at ten o'clock with the intention of not rising again before that time but i thought it over and rose just once more in order to come here from which you may deduce that i had some reason for wishing to come it grieves me to see you so hippolyte why didn't you send me a message i would have come up and saved you this trouble well well enough you've pitied me and that's all that good manners exact i forgot how are you i'm all right yesterday i was a little i know i heard the china vase caught it i'm sorry i wasn't there i've come about something important in the first place i had the pleasure of seeing gavrila ardalionovitch and aglaya ivanovna enjoying a rendezvous on the green bench in the park i was astonished to see what a fool a man can look i remarked upon the fact to aglaya ivanovna when he had gone i don't think anything ever surprises you prince added hippolyte gazing incredulously at the prince's calm demeanour to be astonished by nothing is a sign they say of a great intellect in my opinion it would serve equally well as a sign of great foolishness i am not hinting about you pardon me i am very unfortunate to-day in my expressions i knew yesterday that gavrila ardalionovitch began the prince and paused in evident confusion though hippolyte had shown annoyance at his betraying no surprise you knew it come that's news but no perhaps better not tell me and were you a witness of the meeting if you were there yourself you must have known that i was not there oh but you may have been sitting behind the bushes somewhere however i am very glad on your account of course i was beginning to be afraid that mr gania might have the preference 
may i ask you hippolyte not to talk of this subject and not to use such expressions especially as you know all eh you are wrong i know scarcely anything and aglaya ivanovna is aware that i know nothing i knew nothing whatever about this meeting you say there was a meeting very well let's leave it so why what do you mean you said you knew and now suddenly you know nothing you say very well let's leave it so but i say don't be so confiding especially as you know nothing you are confiding simply because you know nothing but do you know what these good people have in their mind's eye gania and his sister perhaps you are suspicious well well i'll drop the subject he added hastily observing the prince's impatient gesture but i've come to you on my own business i wish to make you a clear explanation what a nuisance it is that one cannot die without explanations i have made such a quantity of them already do you wish to hear what i have to say speak away i am listening very well but i'll change my mind and begin about gania just fancy to begin with if you can that i too was given an appointment at the green bench to-day however i won't deceive you i asked for the appointment i said i had a secret to disclose i don't know whether i came there too early i think i must have but scarcely had i sat down beside aglaya ivanovna than i saw gavrila ardalionovitch and his sister varia coming along arm in arm just as though they were enjoying a morning walk together both of them seemed very much astonished not to say disturbed at seeing me they evidently had not expected the pleasure aglaya ivanovna blushed up and was actually a little confused i don't know whether it was merely because i was there or whether gania's beauty was too much for her but anyway she turned crimson and then finished up the business in a very funny manner she jumped up from her seat bowed back to gania smiled to varia and suddenly observed i only came here to express my gratitude for all your kind wishes on my behalf and to say that if i find i need your services believe me here she bowed them away as it were and they both marched off again looking very foolish gania evidently could not make head nor tail of the matter and turned as red as a lobster but varia understood at once that they must get away as quickly as they could so she dragged gania away she is a great deal cleverer than he is as for myself i went there to arrange a meeting to be held between aglaya ivanovna and nastasia filipovna nastasia filipovna cried the prince aha i think you are growing less cool my friend and are beginning to be a trifle surprised aren't you i'm glad that you are not above ordinary human feelings for once i'll console you a little now after your consternation see what i get for serving a young and high-souled maiden this morning i received a slap in the face from the lady a a moral one asked the prince involuntarily yes not a physical one i don't suppose anyone even a woman would raise a hand against me now even gania would hesitate i did think at one time yesterday that he would fly at me though i bet anything that i know what you are thinking of now you are thinking of course one can't strike the little wretch but one could suffocate him with a pillow or a wet towel when he is asleep one ought to get rid of him somehow i can see in your face that you are thinking that at this very second i never thought of such a thing for a moment said the prince with disgust i don't know 
i dreamed last night that i was being suffocated with a wet cloth by somebody i'll tell you who it was rogojin what do you think can a man be suffocated with a wet cloth i don't know i've heard so well we'll leave that question just now why am i a scandalmonger why did she call me a scandalmonger and mind after she had heard every word i had to tell her and had asked all sorts of questions besides but such is the way of women for her sake i entered into relations with rogojin an interesting man at her request i arranged a personal interview between herself and nastasia philipovna could she have been angry because i hinted that she was enjoying nastasia philipovna's leavings why i have been impressing it upon her all this while for her own good two letters have i written her in that strain and i began straight off to-day about its being humiliating for her besides the word leavings is not my invention at all events they all used it at gania's and she used it herself so why am i a scandalmonger i see i see you are tremendously amused at this moment probably you are laughing at me and fitting those silly lines to my case may be sad love upon his setting smiles and with vain hopes his farewell hour beguiles ha 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 hippolyte suddenly burst into a fit of hysterical laughter which turned into a choking cough observe he gasped through his coughing what a fellow gania is he talks about nastasia's leavings but what does he want to take himself the prince sat silent for a long while his mind was filled with dread and horror you spoke of a meeting with nastasia philipovna he said at last in a low voice oh come surely you must know that there is to be a meeting to-day between nastasia and aglaya ivanovna and that nastasia has been sent for on purpose through rogojin from st petersburg it has been brought about by invitation of aglaya ivanovna and my own efforts and nastasia is at this moment with rogojin not far from here at dana alexeyevna's that curious friend of hers and to this questionable house aglaya ivanovna is to proceed for a friendly chat with nastasia philipovna and for the settlement of several problems they are going to play at arithmetic didn't you know about it word of honour it's a most improbable story oh very well if it's improbable it is that's all and yet where should you have heard it though i must say if a fly crosses the room it's known all over the place here however i've warned you and you may be grateful to me well au revoir probably in the next world one more thing don't think that i am telling you all this for your sake oh dear no do you know that i dedicated my confession to aglaya ivanovna i did though and how she took it ha ha oh no i am not acting from any high exalted motives but though i may have behaved like a cad to you i have not done her any harm i don't apologize for my words about leavings and all that i am atoning for that you see by telling you the place and time of the meeting good-bye you had better take your measures if you are worthy the name of a man the meeting is fixed for this evening that's certain hippolyte walked towards the door but the prince called him back and he stopped then you think aglaya ivanovna herself intends to go to nastasia philipovna's to-night he asked and bright hectic spots came out on his cheeks and forehead 
i don't know absolutely for certain but in all probability it is so replied hippolyte looking round nastasia would hardly go to her and they can't meet at gania's with a man nearly dead in the house it's impossible for that very reason said the prince how would she get out if she wished to you don't know the habits of that house she could not get away alone to nastasia philipovna's it's all nonsense look here my dear prince no one jumps out of the window if they can help it but when there's a fire the dandiest gentleman or the finest lady in the world will skip out when the moment comes and there's nothing else to be done our young lady will go to nastasia philipovna's don't they let the young ladies out of the house alone then i didn't mean that exactly if you didn't mean that then she has only to go down the steps and walk off and she need never come back unless she chooses ships are burned behind one sometimes and one doesn't care to return whence one came life need not consist only of lunches and dinners and prince s's it strikes me you take aglaya ivanovna for some conventional boarding-school girl i said so to her and she quite agreed with me wait till seven or eight o'clock in your place i would send some one there to keep watch so as to seize the exact moment when she steps out of the house send kolya he'll play the spy with pleasure for you at least ha 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 hippolyte went out there was no reason for the prince to set any one to watch even if he had been capable of such a thing aglaya's command that he should stay at home all day seemed almost explained now perhaps she meant to call for him herself or it might be of course that she was anxious to make sure of his not coming there and therefore bade him remain at home his head whirled the whole room seemed to be turning round he lay down on the sofa and closed his eyes one way or the other the question was to be decided at last finally oh no he did not think of aglaya as a boarding-school miss or a young lady of the conventional type he had long since feared that she might take some such step as this but why did she wish to see nastasia he shivered all over as he lay he was in high fever again no he did not account her a child certain of her looks certain of her words of late had filled him with apprehension at times it had struck him that she was putting too great a restraint upon herself and he remembered that he had been alarmed to observe this he had tried all these days to drive away the heavy thoughts that oppressed him but what was the hidden mystery of that soul the question had long tormented him although he implicitly trusted that soul and now it was all to be cleared up it was a dreadful thought and that woman again why did he always feel as though that woman were fated to appear at each critical moment of his life and tear the thread of his destiny like a bit of rotten string that he always had felt this he was ready to swear although he was half delirious at the moment if he had tried to forget her all this time it was simply because he was afraid of her did he love the woman or hate her this question he did not once ask himself to-day his heart was quite pure he knew whom he loved he was not so much afraid of this meeting nor of its strangeness nor of any reasons there might be for it unknown to himself he was afraid of the woman herself nastasia philipovna he remembered some days afterwards how during all those fevered hours he had seen but her eyes her look 
had heard her voice strange words of hers he remembered that this was so although he could not recollect the details of his thoughts he could remember that vera brought him some dinner and that he took it but whether he slept after dinner or no he could not recollect he only knew that he began to distinguish things clearly from the moment when aglaya suddenly appeared and he jumped up from the sofa and went to meet her it was just a quarter past seven then aglaya was quite alone and dressed apparently hastily in a light mantle her face was pale as it had been in the morning and her eyes were ablaze with bright but subdued fire he had never seen that expression in her eyes before she gazed attentively at him you are quite ready i observe she said with absolute composure dressed and your hat in your hand i see somebody has thought fit to warn you and i know who hippolyte yes he told me said the prince feeling only half alive come then you know i suppose that you must escort me there you are well enough to go out aren't you i am well enough but is it really possible he broke off abruptly and could not add another word this was his one attempt to stop the mad child and after he had made it he followed her as though he had no will of his own confused as his thoughts were he was nevertheless capable of realizing the fact that if he did not go with her she would go alone and so he must go with her at all hazards he guessed the strength of her determination it was beyond him to check it they walked silently and said scarcely a word all the way he only noticed that she seemed to know the road very well and once when he thought it better to go by a certain lane and remarked to her that it would be quieter and less public she only said it's all the same and went on when they were almost arrived at daria alexeyevna's house it was a large wooden structure of ancient date a gorgeously dressed lady and a young girl came out of it both these ladies took their seats in a carriage which was waiting at the door talking and laughing loudly the while and drove away without appearing to notice the approaching couple no sooner had the carriage driven off than the door opened once more and rogozhin who had apparently been awaiting them let them in and closed it after them there is not another soul in the house now excepting our four selves he said aloud looking at the prince in a strange way nastasia philipovna was waiting for them in the first room they went into she was dressed very simply in black she rose at their entrance but did not smile or give her hand even to the prince her anxious eyes were fixed upon aglaya both sat down at a little distance from one another aglaya on the sofa in the corner of the room nastasia by the window the prince and rogozhin remained standing and were not invited to sit mushkin glanced at rogozhin in perplexity but the latter only smiled disagreeably and said nothing the silence continued for some few moments an ominous expression passed over nastasia philipovna's face of a sudden it became obstinate-looking hard and full of hatred but she did not take her eyes off her visitors for a moment aglaya was clearly confused but not frightened on entering she had merely glanced momentarily at her rival and then had sat still with her eyes on the ground apparently in thought once or twice she glanced casually round the room a shade of disgust was visible in her expression she looked as though she were afraid of contamination in this place she mechanically arranged her dress 
and fidgeted uncomfortably eventually changing her seat to the other end of the sofa probably she was unconscious of her own movements but this very unconsciousness added to the offensiveness of their suggested meaning at length she looked straight into nastasha's eyes and instantly read all there was to read in her rival's expression woman understood woman aglaya shuddered you know of course why i requested this meeting she said at last quietly and pausing twice in the delivery of this very short sentence no i know nothing about it said nastasia dryly and abruptly aglaya blushed perhaps it struck her as very strange and impossible that she should really be sitting here and waiting for that woman's reply to her question at the first sound of nastasia's voice a shudder ran through her frame of course that woman observed and took in all this you know quite well but you are pretending to be ignorant said aglaya very low with her eyes on the ground why should i asked nastasia philipovna smiling slightly you want to take advantage of my position now that i am in your house continued aglaya awkwardly for that position you are to blame and not i said nastasia flaring up suddenly i did not invite you but you me and to this moment i am quite ignorant as to why i am thus honoured aglaya raised her head haughtily restrain your tongue she said i did not come here to fight you with your own weapons oh then you did come to fight i may conclude dear me and i thought you were cleverer they looked at one another with undisguised malice one of these women had written to the other so lately such letters as we have seen and it all was dispersed at their first meeting yet it appeared that not one of the four persons in the room considered this in any degree strange the prince who up to yesterday would not have believed that he could even dream of such an impossible scene as this stood and listened and looked on and felt as though he had long foreseen it all the most fantastic dream seemed suddenly to have been metamorphosed into the most vivid reality one of these women so despised the other and so longed to express her contempt for her perhaps she had only come for that very purpose as rogoshin said next day that howsoever fantastical was the other woman howsoever afflicted her spirit and disturbed her understanding no preconceived idea of hers could possibly stand up against that deadly feminine contempt of her rival the prince felt sure that nastasia would say nothing about the letters herself but he could judge by her flashing eyes and the expression of her face what the thought of those letters must be costing her at this moment he would have given half his life to prevent aglaya from speaking of them but aglaya suddenly braced herself up and seemed to master herself fully all in an instant you have not quite understood she said i did not come to quarrel with you though i do not like you i came to speak to you as as one human being to another i came with my mind made up as to what i had to say to you and i shall not change my intention although you may misunderstand me so much the worse for you not for myself i wished to reply to all you have written to me and to reply personally because i think that is the more convenient way listen to my reply to all your letters i began to be sorry for prince lef nikolaevitch on the very day i made his acquaintance and when i heard afterwards of all that took place at your house in the evening 
i was sorry for him because he was such a simple-minded man and because he in the simplicity of his soul believed that he could be happy with a woman of your character what i feared actually took place you could not love him you tortured him and threw him over you could not love him because you are too proud no not proud that is an error because you are too vain no not quite that either too self-loving you are self-loving to madness your letters to me are a proof of it you could not love so simple a soul as his and perhaps in your heart you despised him and laughed at him all you could love was your shame and the perpetual thought that you were disgraced and insulted if you were less shameful or had no cause at all for shame you would be still more unhappy than you are now aglaya brought out these thronging words with great satisfaction they came from her lips hurriedly and impetuously and had been prepared and thought out long ago even before she had ever dreamed of the present meeting she watched with eagerness the effect of her speech as shown in nastasia's face which was distorted with agitation you remember she continued he wrote me a letter at that time he says you know all about that letter and that you even read it i understand all by means of this letter and understand it correctly he has since confirmed it all to me what i now say to you word for word after receiving his letter i waited i guessed that you would soon come back here because you could never do without petersburg you are still too young and lovely for the provinces however this is not my own idea she added blushing dreadfully and from this moment the colour never left her cheeks to the end of her speech when i next saw the prince i began to feel terribly pained and hurt on his account do not laugh if you laugh you are unworthy of understanding what i say surely you see that i am not laughing said nastasia sadly and sternly however it's all the same to me laugh or not just as you please when i asked him about you he told me that he had long since ceased to love you that the very recollection of you was a torture to him but that he was sorry for you and that when he thought of you his heart was pierced i ought to tell you that i never in my life met a man anything like him for noble simplicity of mind and for boundless trustfulness i guessed that any one who liked could deceive him and that he would immediately forgive any one who did deceive him and it was for this that i grew to love him aglaya paused for a moment as though suddenly brought up in astonishment that she could have said these words but at the same time a great pride shone in her eyes like a defiant assertion that it would not matter to her if this woman laughed in her face for the admission just made i have told you all now and of course you understand what i wish of you perhaps i do but tell me yourself said nastasia philipovna quietly aglaya flushed up angrily i wished to find out from you she said firmly by what right you dare to meddle with his feelings for me by what right you dared send me those letters by what right do you continually remind both me and him that you love him after you yourself threw him over and ran away from him in so insulting and shameful a way i never told either him or you that i loved him replied nastasia philipovna with an effort and-and i did run away from him you are right there she added scarcely audibly never told either him or me cried aglaya how about your letters who asked you to try to persuade me to marry him was not that a declaration from you 
why do you force yourself upon us in this way i confess i thought at first that you were anxious to arouse an aversion for him in my heart by your meddling in order that i might give him up and it was only afterwards that i guessed the truth you imagined that you were doing an heroic action how could you spare any love for him when you love your own vanity to such an extent why could you not simply go away from here instead of writing me those absurd letters why do you not now marry that generous man who loves you and has done you the honour of offering you his hand it is plain enough why if you marry rogojin you lose your grievance you will have nothing more to complain of you will be receiving too much honour evgeny pavlovitch was saying the other day that you had read too many poems and are too well educated for your position and that you live in idleness add to this your vanity and there you have reason enough and do you not live in idleness things had come to this unexpected point too quickly unexpected because nastasia philipovna on her way to pavlovsk had thought and considered a good deal and had expected something different though perhaps not altogether good from this interview but aglaya had been carried away by her own outburst just as a rolling stone gathers impetus as it careers downhill and could not restrain herself in the satisfaction of revenge it was strange nastasia philipovna felt to see aglaya like this she gazed at her and could hardly believe her eyes and ears for a moment or two whether she were a woman who had read too many poems as evgeny pavlovitch supposed or whether she were mad as the prince had assured aglaya at all events this was a woman who in spite of her occasionally cynical and audacious manner was far more refined and trustful and sensitive than appeared there was a certain amount of romantic dreaminess and caprice in her but with the fantastic was mingled much that was strong and deep the prince realized this and great suffering expressed itself in his face aglaya observed it and trembled with anger how dare you speak so to me she said with a haughtiness which was quite indescribable replying to nastasia's last remark you must have misunderstood what i said said nastasia in some surprise if you wished to preserve your good name why did you not give up your your guardian totsky without all that theatrical posturing said aglaya suddenly apropos of nothing what do you know of my position that you dare to judge me cried nastasia quivering with rage and growing terribly white i know this much that you did not go out to honest work but went away with a rich man rogojin in order to pose as a fallen angel i don't wonder that totsky was nearly driven to suicide by such a fallen angel silence cried nastasia philipovna you are about as fit to understand me as the housemaid here who bore witness against her lover in court the other day she would understand me better than you do probably an honest girl living by her own toil why do you speak of a housemaid so contemptuously i do not despise toil i despise you when you speak of toil if you had cared to be an honest woman you would have gone out as a laundress both had risen and were gazing at one another with pallid faces aglaya don't this is unfair cried the prince deeply distressed rogojin was not smiling now he sat and listened with folded arms and lips tight compressed there look at her cried nastasia trembling with passion look at this young lady and i imagined her an angel 
did you come to me without your governess aglaya ivanovna oh fie now shall i just tell you why you came here to-day shall i tell you without any embellishments you came because you were afraid of me afraid of you asked aglaya beside herself with naive amazement that the other should dare talk to her like this yes me of course of course you were afraid of me or you would not have decided to come you cannot despise one you fear and to think that i have actually esteemed you up to this very moment do you know why you are afraid of me and what is your object now you wished to satisfy yourself with your own eyes as to which he loves best myself or you because you are fearfully jealous he has told me already that he hates you murmured aglaya scarcely audibly perhaps perhaps i am not worthy of him i know but i think you are lying all the same he cannot hate me and he cannot have said so i am ready to forgive you in consideration of your position but i confess i thought better of you i thought you were wiser and more beautiful too i did indeed well take your treasure see he is gazing at you he can't recollect himself take him but on one condition go away at once this instant she fell back into a chair and burst into tears but suddenly some new expression blazed in her eyes she stared fixedly at aglaya and rose from her seat or would you like me to bid him bid him do you hear command him now at once to throw you up and remain mine for ever shall i he will stay and he will marry me too and you shall trot home all alone shall i shall i say the word she screamed like a madwoman scarcely believing herself that she could really pronounce such wild words aglaya had made for the door in terror but she stopped at the threshold and listened shall i turn rogojin off ha ha you thought i would marry him for your benefit did you why i'll call out now if you like in your presence rogojin get out and say to the prince do you remember what you promised me heavens what a fool i have been to humiliate myself before them why prince you yourself gave me your word that you would marry me whatever happened and would never abandon me you said you loved me and would forgive me all and and yes you even said that i only ran away from you in order to set you free and now i don't care to let you go again why does she treat me so so shamefully i am not a loose woman ask rogojin there he'll tell you will you go again now that she has insulted me before your eyes too turn away from me and lead her away arm in arm may you be accursed too for you were the only one i trusted among them all go away rogojin i don't want you she continued blind with fury and forcing the words out with dry lips and distorted features evidently not believing a single word of her own tirade but at the same time doing her utmost to prolong the moment of self-deception the outburst was so terribly violent that the prince thought it would have killed her there he is she shrieked again pointing to the prince and addressing aglaya there he is and if he does not approach me at once and take me and throw you over then have him for your own i give him up to you i don't want him both she and aglaya stood and waited as though in expectation and both looked at the prince like madwomen but he perhaps did not understand the full force of this challenge in fact it is certain he did not 
all he could see was the poor despairing face which as he had said to aglaya had pierced his heart for ever he could bear it no longer and with a look of entreaty mingled with reproach he addressed aglaya pointing to nastasia the while how can you he murmured she is so unhappy but he had no time to say another word before aglaya's terrible look bereft him of speech in that look was embodied so dreadful a suffering and so deadly a hatred that he gave a cry and flew to her but it was too late she could not hold out long enough even to witness his movement in her direction she had hidden her face in her hands cried once oh my god and rushed out of the room rogozhin followed her to undo the bolts of the door and let her out into the street the prince made a rush after her but he was caught and held back the distorted livid face of nastasia gazed at him reproachfully and her blue lips whispered what would you go to her to her she fell senseless into his arms he raised her carried her into the room placed her in an armchair and stood over her stupefied on the table stood a tumbler of water rogozhin who now returned took this and sprinkled a little in her face she opened her eyes but for a moment she understood nothing suddenly she looked around shuddered gave a loud cry and threw herself in the prince's arms mine mine she cried has the proud young lady gone ha 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 she laughed hysterically and i had given him up to her why why did i mad mad get away rogozhin ha 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 rogozhin stared intently at them then he took his hat and without a word left the room a few moments later the prince was seated by nastasia on the sofa gazing into her eyes and stroking her face and hair as he would a little child's he laughed when she laughed and was ready to cry when she cried he did not speak but listened to her excited disconnected chatter hardly understanding a word of it the while no sooner did he detect the slightest appearance of complaining or weeping or reproaching then he would smile at her kindly and begin stroking her hair and her cheeks soothing and consoling her once more as if she were a child End of chapter eight